Hello there. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Woo! What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You have now tuned in to the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for everything in that galaxy far, far away. Uh, I'm Justin. I'm one of the hosts here. Joining me today, small skeleton crew, two-man crew again. Joining me is my man. Josh. And, uh, <laughs> yep, I'm just going to start <laughs> shouting my name like that. Um, <laughs> you know, I realized with uh, that uh, Jude Law-fronted project, we're not going to be able to say Skeleton Crew anymore. Uh, the mouse might come <laughs> for us. Uh, good good point. Uh, yeah, you're right. You can't say that. We'll, we can't, can't use two live crew anymore. We're going to have to come up with something new. I'm not worried about um, two live crew listening to the show and hearing me say well, that. Oh, so. Got it. I got it. Two Wills crew. We'll call it the Two Wills crew. Like Bays and Churret, man. It's just us. The Two Wills crew. Josh is. Where's the uh, Price is Right fail music right um, now? Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. <laughs> well, we thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully, your week is going well. If you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, we've been recapping all of the Kenobi series. We're up to episode five this week, uh, covering that one. And then uh, the last one drops this week, so we're excited for that one coming up. Um, if you've been listening to the show for a while, welcome back. We're glad to have you as always. Thank you for the support. Um, and you can find us anywhere you can find podcasts. We're out on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, wherever you can find a podcast, we're there. And then anywhere on the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you can find us at Outer and Beacon. Feel free to email us to outerandbeacon at gmail.com. I'm dropping all this in the beginning so that you get all the info retained in your brain before we start diving into Kenobi because we're about to blow your mind with some Kenobi stuff. Sorry to disappoint, we are not on Truth Social. Mm. I don't know that one. Oh, that's the one that's owned by a former president of the United States. Oh, okay, gotcha. Did not know that. Yeah. Um, no one knows. Yeah. That's that's the that's the joke. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Um, well, we've got a little bit of news uh, before we dive into all of the Kenobi action. Um, there's not a lot of news out there right now. There's a lot of rumors, so just make sure, you guys, check your sources. Don't fall into the clickbait. Uh, hole that leads you to Neverland Clickbait Central because that's not where you want to be. Uh, we did have a little bit of, um, I guess, a teaser, if you want to call it that. We've got uh, the Shadows of the Sith book drops at the end of this month, right, into June. Uh, it's written by Adam Christopher, and there's been an excerpt out there. It's basically the time period between Return of the Jedi and The Force of the Awakens, and um, it's mostly centered around Luke and, and his new foe, uh, that kind of takes the place of Vader and Palpatine after Return of the Jedi. So, um, but there was a small excerpt, and I believe uh, Adam kind of teased that we might know who the villain is. Is that right, Josh? Correct. Yeah, the the ex- excerpt has a, a person uh, meeting up with like a shadowy evil figure, and um, Adam Christopher said that if we've been paying attention to the new canon uh, books, that we will we might recognize this person. So, hmm. and we are think, do we want to say who we're thinking it is or who we've heard it might be? I don't think it's that big of a I, spoiler. I don't either, but it's, I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know because we figured out the book that it was from and it's an older version. It's an older Canon book. Um, it still checks out though. It still, ch- yeah, it still checks out. Um, but yeah, I mean, so if you don't pause in advance, like 30 seconds past this, but yes, we could, we could talk about it. Uh, so they're saying that it, it might be Kiza, who was one of the, um, the, what are they called? The, uh, acolytes of the beyond. Uh, and they, they appeared in the aftermath books, which were pretty cool. Um, our first glimpse into the post return of the Jedi world after Disney, uh, you know, purchased Lucasfilm. 
And uh, if you remember, uh, they were they were kind of like tertiary characters um, uh, looking for artifacts and uh, spray painting like Vader lives on walls and stuff. And then she actually did get a point of view uh, chapter in uh, Aftermath empire's end as well so oh, okay which yeah, i don't I remember, really remember that so no i don't remember that i remember the characters kind of uh looking for remnants or relics uh for the for um for the sith i remember those guys they were very secretive heavily robed um didn't really reveal themselves um i thought at one point they found vader's saber yeah, um, that was the first. That was the first one of those like side acolyte mm-hmm. uh, chapters that we honestly. I feel like it might have been like the prologue of the first book. It might have or been something that seems right to me. You know, the, those aftermath books, though. Uh, you know, having a being a tertiary character with just a couple chapters here or there can lead to big things because that's the same way that we were introduced to Cobb Vanth and look at how far he's come. Yep. So. Yep. Um, yeah, that was, that series was, it's Chuck Wendig on that series. And if you haven't read those yet, I think it is, it's good to read them because it is canon. It is basically what happens afterwards with a lot of these, the characters that we've, um, come to know. There's some of them that don't make it past those novels. Cobb Vanth obviously does. Um, one that I really enjoyed was actually the ISB agent, Sinjir Rathvelis. Sinjir is pretty sweet. Yeah, Sinjir was a really cool character in those novels, and I really wish we could get maybe a live-action version of him at some point somewhere, but um, just seemed like a really neat character in those books. So he's just one that really stood out to me in those novels. So, But, I mean, I think a lot of people kind of had, I don't want to say mixed feelings on him or what have you, but they, they were kind of divided on them and whether they liked them or not. So um, I, I thought the pacing, I think, I think it was the second one was a little slow, but um, I didn't think the third one was that bad. I thought the third one was pretty good. And you I, learn more about Jar Jar yeah. in these books. I, I liked him. I, I also, we were also very starved for, uh, that was a, that was a time period where we were, I mean, I've always been gobbling up any Star Wars content I can get, but at the same time, that was like, we were in this, kind of spot where we're like okay what is what's disney gonna do how are they gonna rewrite the canon you know what are the stories gonna be so even more eagerly anticipating these kind of releases at that point yep yep for sure um other than that pretty slow news week um we did have a little bit of news come out today there was a hot toys six scale cad bane that finally dropped. Uh, it is the Cad Bane from the book of Boba Fett. It is not the Cad, the animated Cad Bane. Uh, he does. There is a deluxe version that comes with Toto for some reason, and Toto wasn't in the book of Boba Fett, so I'm a little confused why Toto's included with him. But um, it's two hundred ninety dollars. It's up for presale now on Sideshow, and they also released another Boba Fett. Uh, it is basically Boba Fett in the fight against Cad Bane, where he's got the gaffy stick on his back, but it looks, it's the same Boba Fett that they've released already in, this is like the third version of it. Um, and he is 275. Um, so those are available. And then I wanted to dive into this real quick, just a quick update, because this released when we were at Celebration. It is the Hasbro HasLab project that they're running right now. It is the Riva lightsaber it is 499 dollars. you can go to hasbropulse.com and you can back the project until july 11th at midnight it currently has 1093 backers with a goal of 5000 to get backed so we're a fifth of the way there at 500 dollars. do we see this josh making that that uh, cutoff of 7-Eleven knowing that, you know, at the end of the Rancor, all of a sudden numbers started skyrocketing because it wasn't going to get backed and then, and then it ultimately didn't make it. Um, well, what, okay, so Hasbro already makes lightsabers. Yes, the Black Series, yep. What's different about this one? 
I don't know other than it's the double bladed. I, I can't see anywhere where it spins. It didn't say anything that it spins. I imagine for Hasbro, that's probably also a big hazard with kids. If it's spin. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I, I haven't seen anything that like, I'm assuming a stand comes with it. So I guess I'm curious what the stretch goals are for, because normally with a HasLab project, they're stretch goals, right? Yeah. You know, when you hit marks, but we've hit a thousand already. There wasn't a stretch goal with a thousand mark, I don't believe. And are they trying to kill the project? Like, are they trying to kill HasLab? I don't know. I, it, it, I just, this one seemed like a miss again, because why are you doing a lightsaber that, you just sell it as a black series and if people want it they'll buy it um you know again we've got vintage collection there's there's so many people out there i've seen it multiple times people would love rebels figures in vintage collection line we have them we have quite a bit of them in uh, black series but we don't have any in vintage collection and that's there's a ton of people out there that would love to see rebels done in a vintage collection line along with more vehicles overall. Well, um, I they they the last time they did a vehicle it was very popular. Like just stick with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I don't Razor I don't, Crest, they nailed it. Absolutely nailed it with the Razor Crest. Did great with the with the Java sail barge. It was a little bit bigger than I mean it's just I just don't know where I would put it because it was a huge, huge ship. Like it was massive. I don't know where I would put that thing, but the Razor Crest was was perfect. I mean, you got you know, stretch goal figures, you got stretch goal attachments to go on it. You had everything you could want with that thing. Same thing with the sail barge. You had figures released with it. You had uh, different attachment pieces. Um, you know, you had the yak face figure with the coin. Um, I, I don't know. It just, it seems like it's a miss with this one again. So I don't, I don't know. I could be wrong and I hope I'm wrong. Maybe it gets backed and, People really want Riva lightsabers, but I know you can go buy an Inquisitor lightsaber from, uh, it's not the POC store, it's um, a different, it's like an off-name maker, and it's beautiful. It's full metal, you have to manually unfold it to make the full circle, but it's double-bladed, it lights up, makes sounds, does everything that this one does, and it's been out there for, you know, uh, probably a year or two now, I would think. Um but it's it's the Grand Inquisitor one. It's not Riva's. So I don't know if I don't know. I really don't know. It's it's hard to say because I don't I don't work for Hasbro. I don't know what's going on over there. But uh, it just seemed like a miss for me. I think it's it's at about a fifth of the way. So unless those numbers jump in the next couple of weeks, I don't see it making it. But who knows? Who knows? Time will tell. Well, I also think like, and I know there's been like. <sighs> stupid internet backlash to this character but i feel like yeah especially if your last one didn't get funded i feel like you have to go with something that's attached to a popular legacy character not a brand new character that you don't know if people are going to get attached to like mm-hmm. you're asking people to buy this before they even necessarily know that they like a character cuz you know Right. Yep. If they'd have rolled out a uh, a Kanan Jarrus lightsaber at a price point of you know two ninety nine, and that's what you wanted as your Haslab backed project, I probably would have bid on that one. Like if it detached, you know, into the two pieces, and like you could attach it, and if it worked like that, great. Because I know they're out there. Again, off there's there's other small small um, small businesses that make it. There's there's manufacturers out there that make the Canaan saber but it's expensive it's like seven hundred dollars depending on where you're looking so if they came out with something like that at a lower price point i might have jumped on it but you know uh the rep like the rebels the rebels ahsoka sabers in that box that disney sold out of like lickety split that was like four hundred dollars would have been on that i've tried <laughs> yeah. i tried to get it couldn't get it um because it was limited edition but this one just at a price point of five hundred dollars just seems crazy. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Anyway, uh, overall slow news week though. Um, hopefully next week we've got a little bit more in the news department to 
to bring to you. But I'm excited to talk about episode five because there's so much going on in this episode. Um, but uh, we finally get to talk about this guy. Kenobi. Kenobi! Love it. Love it. A little Kenobi action I was like, there. I was like, Maul isn't in this episode, but I forgot that you said <laughs> No, yeah. he is not. Yeah, he yeah, is yeah. not. But uh, you can't. That scream is just so guttural and raw and emotional that it's... Uh, Get stuck in your head and you just want to say it over and over and over again. So, um, episode five, though, um, writ, uh, written by Joby Harold and Andrew Stanton, director, uh, the fantastic Deborah Chow, um, cast of characters, the normal cast of characters that we see, um, Roken, played by O'Shea Jackson Jr., you had Tala back in this one who is in Dara Varma. Um, we, and if you haven't watched the episode, then Obviously, don't listen to this because we will have spoilers in this episode. Um, Haja Estri is back um, in this episode. He makes an appearance uh, played by Kumal Nanjani. And then uh, we do get the return of the Grand Inquisitor played by Rupert Friend. He lives. The Grand Inquisitor lives. I'm shocked. (laughs) Um, And then Bail Organa. uh, Jimmy Smits is back in this one again. Briefly. Just briefly. But... um, yeah, we had a lot going on um, in this episode, and we we talked about this last week in our last episode. We talked about getting flashbacks from um, Obi and Anakin in Clone Wars, and I said yeah. it seems it seems awkward to have Hayden Christensen come back and only have him be Darth Vader. We were gonna get we we figured we were gonna get flashbacks to him when he was younger and and from a time period at some point right so we did get that um and we got a lot of that through this episode but basically uh our heroes are you know you know they make it back they rescue leia they get back to the base they know the empire's coming um they get tracked basically to where they're at the empire gets there quicker than expected um they find out lola lola has a a a restraining bolt on her. It's basically communicating. It's that's how they tracked them. Um, Lola sneaks in, closes the hatch, traps them all in there. And time is running short because they know the empire's coming at this point. So it's, it's a, it's a race against time to try to get families, children, um, you know, force sensitive people in some cases out of the base before uh, Vader and Reva return. That's that's the the in the grand scheme of things that's a short and sweet of it and in what we get here um we get to some complexities at the end of this episode that make make things very interesting but um that that's basically how we get here. So um sprinkled in there we get flashbacks with Obi and Annie which are fantastic and um really the episode as a whole kicks off with this very first one with Obi and Anakin basically dueling on uh, that same like patio area that we saw the younglings dueling at in the very first episode. Oh, there you are. Was beginning to think you weren't coming. Master. Good. Then maybe I stand more of a chance this time. Are you ready? Are you? Then let's begin. It's like a big chess game between the two of them. It's like, it's poetry. It happened then, it's happening now. And it's um, it's beautiful to see. So what did you think, Josh, of the CGI here with Hayden? Because it was evident that his some of the CGI was still his old. They did try to blend it a little bit, um, but you could tell it was older hayden and not young some of the scenes were like younger hayden some of the scenes were older hayden what did you think um i liked that i see i didn't even realize i wasn't even sure that they cgi'd really him and obi-wan at all uh which is which i guess is to say that i i they look older but i want to see their real faces and real expressions um so i'm okay with Mm -hmm. 
I'd, I'd rather they looked a little old but looked authentic and you see those real facial expressions and that mischievous Anakin smile and like all that stuff than like them be too overdone and then it looks fake like so I, I was I was just so happy we were getting it that I don't that it doesn't matter that they look a little bit older so yeah yeah it was great it was perfect I, I mean the banter just it brought me right back to those prequel movies um you know, between the two of them, uh, it I felt authentic for sure. It did, it did, um, and you can tell that relationship between um, between uh, Ewan and Hayden is still there, and then the time that they spent together during the prequels um, is still there, and it's uh, it's a nice vibe between the two. But I, yeah. the the you know the the animation didn't bother me. I noticed it, but it didn't bother me. And the, the reason I say it didn't bother me is because. When I was in the panel uh, at Celebration and they were talking Mando and um, Dave Filoni was up there and he talked about going from animation to live action. He basically said, he's like, I don't see these characters as animated or live action. He goes, I see them as the characters that they are, regardless of who the person is, right? Like it's, it's, I see, you know, I see Ahsoka and and I see the animated version, but I also see Ahsoka as the live action version, and it's the same person. He goes, so I don't go. Well, that's Rosario Dawson, and I don't go. That's Ashley Eckstein. I think that that's what he was alluding to. Is basically he just sees the character. He doesn't see these people. So I don't. You know, I see Hayden, and I don't care. Like the CGI is fine. Like I'd I'd rather see him. Like however it is. So I thought I enjoyed it. Um. But all the flashback scenes were fantastic. So uh, we did a little flashback, and we get to the uh, the ship arriving into the bay, the docking bay or whatever it is, and they all get off the ship, and uh, Obi-Wan runs into a familiar face there. Archer, what are you doing here? I had nowhere else to go. Right after I saw you, I got into a fight with that scary lady inquisitor. <laughs> now I'm wanted by the Empire. But now I know what it feels like being a real Jedi. <laughs> it's not easy. This place is a good business opportunity, though. <laughs> I'm glad he added added that part at the end. Who does who does Haja remind you of? Uh, Hondo, 100. Yes, yes, 100. Live action kind of Hondo in here. Um, not as cutthroat, I think, as Hondo, but um, definitely out to make a buck. And uh, but he's a he's a good guy. I think deep down he's a decent person and yeah. he wants to be a decent person that's i think that's the same as hondo hondo just wants to get rich and be a decent person yeah um but i was glad to have him back i enjoy haja he's been he's been a nice character he's added some good comic relief to this um yeah so he's glad to have him back uh we do get um uh, we find out that reva has been tracking the ship right she reports to vader you know it's successful they found him on jabim that's where they're heading. Um, and as they get closer, uh, Reva talks a little bit with Vader and said, you know, basically says, hey, we're approaching. And this is uh, this was Vader's plan here. My Lord, we're approaching Jabin. Lock down the facility. If we seal them in now, they can hold out for days. If we cannot break them. It is not them we need to break. Mm. He's so focused. So focused on finding Anakin, basically trying to, he doesn't care about anybody else or anything that's in his way. He's just basically trying to get to Anakin and, or to, uh, to Obi-Wan and, uh, wrap this up. So, um, very typical. Yeah. One-sided. And, uh, it was great. The flashbacks that we get during this, this episode are that's what they're calling to is, is Anakin's one site, like one track mindedness. Yep. And, and Obi-Wan was trying to, to warn him about that. Yep. You can't, you can't just always be looking at one thing. You need to be paying attention to multiple things. So when he even said um, he doesn't have patience for a siege. Yep. Yep. He, uh, he basically says, Nope, he's just coming in. He doesn't care. He's not going to do, uh, it's interesting. They didn't choose to do like a, you know, what is it? A bombardment of the base first. Yeah. And then they just chose to land ground troops and just go in. But, um, 
they do get trapped um basically in the base and uh here's a little uh, discussion of them, basically, what's going to happen. What's happening? The, the controls aren't responding. The Imperial destroyer just arrived in orbit above us. She must have tracked us. It's not her, it's Vader. She wants us to surrender. We surrender, he'll kill us all. He'll attack next. He hasn't the patience for a siege. How do you know? That's a flashback. <laughs> Too aggressive, Anakin. Be mindful. A Jedi's goal is to defend life, not take it. Mercy doesn't defeat an enemy, Master. Why you're good? Just so intent. How do I know? I cut the, all the guy's limbs off. What do you mean? <laughs> how do I know? Um, yeah, when we get to our questions here at the end, uh, that's one thing I have to point out here about Star Wars, but, um, yeah, he, here's a lesson again. He's very one-sided, um, you know, in what he's trying to do and, and Obi-Wan's trying to teach that like, dude, like, um, I get it. Like, you you know, you want to be aggressive, you want, you want a quick resolution, but that's not always the best approach sometimes. And you have to be open-minded to try other things. So. Um, after we find out that they're trapped in there, they're trying to get the door open. Um, he basically tells, um, uh, Roken, Roken said, he says, how long do you need to open the door? He's like three, four hours. He's like, you've got one. (laughs) So Roken goes to work on trying to open the doors in the interim. Uh, Obi-Wan gets a transmission on his little calm disc, his, uh, little, hollow disc from bale organa and this one's a little bit longer i do cut these down i try to take out some of the pauses so that they're not as long as it would be in the show um but this is uh his transmission from bale and we get a little bit of uh backstory on tala in this which was very very interesting i know we said no communication but your silence worries me if he's found you if he's learned of the children if i don't hear from you soon I'll head to Tatooine. Tatooine. Owen will need help with the boy. I pray you're safe, Obi-Wan. Both of you. Both of you. Is everything all right? It will be. It's very optimistic. You know, I was following orders on Gorel. The Empire said it was a roundup. People not paying their way, taxes for the cause. They lied. There were four families, all force sensitive, and we, we gathered them up. I didn't know who they were. I didn't know what the Inquisitors would do. Fourteen people died and six of them were children, and I couldn't do anything to help them. So now I do this. One for everyone I get through. You're right, Ben. Some things you can't forget. But you can fight to make them better. Hmm. Hmm. That's a it's a hard backstory to take in on Tala. Yeah. I got two things. So one, bro, bail. Don't give so many details in your cryptic yeah. message. Obi-Wan knows what you're talking about. You don't need to say the children, the boy, Owen, Tatooine. Like, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, that's big boo-boo on Bale's part. This guy's a leader of the rebellion, eventually. <laughs> And shoot, he manages Fulcrum, which is full of secret information. Like they passed it back and forth with missions. Like maybe that's maybe he learned his lesson after this, and that's how he got better at it. Let's hope so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What was your other item? Which was your second thing? So, uh, man, you know, the Empire's always kind of felt like a little bit like space Nazis, Mm. but. 
they're really feeling like space Nazis now. Yep. So this, uh, this show has done a, Oh, what do I want to say? It's done a really, really good job of basically mirroring, I guess is a, a good term for it. Mirroring the things that they, that the, the Nazis did. And, and it's, um, it wasn't that we didn't know that those things weren't there through the other shows and the other series, whether it was animated or live action or in the movies, it wasn't that we didn't know those things. It's just, this has been more, what do I want to say? More of the nuance items. Do you know what I mean? It's the way Uh, they're describing stuff and the way they weren't describing it before. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, um, it's it's well written. Uh, the show's been well written in that respect um, to point those things out. So, um, you know, and there's trust me, there's a bunch of people out there who have poo pooed the writers for this show. And if if you know if you're one of those people, I'm I don't, I don't know if you're just not picking it up, picking up on it. If you're not watch, I, I don't know if you you're watching it the same way that I am or what. But I, it, the writers of this show have nailed um, those things and really kind of made the empire seem even worse than what they normally are. Um, and I know we say that almost every time we see them and it just seems to be getting worse and worse, but, um, this is actually pretty dark for, for uh, what we're getting. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit last week about Riva and her character, right? Josh, we talked about her backstory and I think we, we kind of knew you kind of knew in the beginning. We called it. Yeah, we kind of knew in the beginning that the the Jedi that the youngling that you see was Reva, and it, it otherwise there's no other there's no other reason for showing that scene in the episode one at the very beginning other than Reva is that Jedi youngling. So you put that together pretty quickly. The question is, is she actually serving Vader, or is she? kind of paving her own path and trying to seek revenge on Anakin for what he did at the Jedi temple when she was a youngling. And that is the story that we find out. Yeah. And I, and I feel like that, I mean, there were two, I feel like when we were looking at like, what could it, her knowing who Anakin is, there's two ways that that works, right? We, uh, at least we were, mm-hmm. uh, our conjecture was either that she was there and saw him mm-hmm. or that she, through her reading Obi-Wan's mind through his fear. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that out of those two options, her being there was the one that made more sense and required less explanation or I just, that was a better choice. So I'm glad that that's, you know, what we got. Right. Yep. And uh, here's, here's Reva basically recalling that, that event in her own words. Um, it is a little bit longer of a clip, but uh, hope you enjoy. You knew who Vader was. Back on Daiu, how did you know that? Vader would have kept that hidden. And you're too young to have known him. Unless, unless you were there. Mic drop. It doesn't matter where I was. The night of Order 66, you were a youngling. That's how you knew you saw him. Stop. Anakin killed the others. That's enough. He killed the other younglings, enough. but somehow you Enough! Said... We thought he was there to help us. Cuts back to her in the temple. I tried to help them, but I couldn't. I was too weak. When he left, I played dead. Hid with the bodies. Felt them go cold. They were the only family I knew. Hmm. And he slaughtered them. I love the emotion in her voice. You're not serving him, are you? You're hunting him. Let me help you. Why would I ever trust you? Because we want the same thing. Do we, Obi-Wan? Do you really want Anakin dead? You can hear Where him. Where were you? Just processing it. While he was killing my friends. He was your Padawan. 
Why didn't you stop him? Why didn't you save us? I don't need your help. I don't need anyone. You won't stop him alone. You have no idea what I've done alone. Red blade through the door, and then it goes back to anger and hatred and animosity towards Obi-Wan. Um, but for a moment there, she's vulnerable. You see Reva for the first time really kind of vulnerable to her emotions and her feelings. Yeah. And what had happened that night. And uh it brings up a good question though. So after all of that happened and she's in the temple, how does she get out? I mean, I figure there's there's guards everywhere. She's injured. Um, does somebody rescue her? Does she get, you know, find, does somebody find her and like smuggles her out? Maybe the same person that smuggles Grogu out. Um, could there potentially be somebody that was in the temple that found them? Maybe master Yang, um, the robot with the, you know, that makes the lightsabers. Maybe he ends up getting a bunch of, Jedi younglings out? I don't know. Um, and then what brings her to becoming a, like a Sith and quit? Like, when at what point in her life does she go, you know what? I, I have some force ability here. I think I'm going to go apply to be a, a an Inquisitor. <laughs> put in my application. <laughs> put in my application to be a, a Sith Inquisitor here. I, at what point does she make that determination that like that anger and that rage and that vengeance just overtakes her to go, I'm going to go be an inquisitor and try to get back at Anakin. You know what I mean? And work my way up the food chain and, and, uh, and try to get back at him. So, um, but a, a great backstory. We, we hit it, we got it, we nailed it. Um, we figured it out. So I was pretty proud of that one. Um, you know, and, and, um, they end up breaking in, they get, they go through a bunch. Uh, we get a, a horrible, um, gut-wrenching death scene of Tala and um, what was the droid's name? N N eight o one or N B o one? Ned Ned B. That's it. Ned B. Um, we get a, a terrible death of Ned B and um, Tala here. Um, you know, and you could tell she was emotionally attached to the droid. Um, because even though it doesn't talk and even though it doesn't um, have a lot of function, it does understand. It does. Uh, it was helping her. And uh, you can tell there's a lot of emotion there that she knew he was done. And she was done. But she sacrificed herself to save Obi-Wan and the rest and to buy them a little bit more time. Um, and that was a hard, hard scene to watch. So um, we did get uh, a little bit more at this point. Obi-Wan gets back to the hangar. Leia finds out that um, basically uh, Lola has a chip, a trans, or a, not transponder, a what are they, a restraining crap. bolt. Restraining bolt. Thank you. Um, Obi Wan realizes at this point, though, it's not about the people he needs to go confront Vader, or at least go confront Reva again and uh, get himself captured. So, but we do get. Um, Another flashback prior to that of uh, Obi and Anakin here, I believe. The Grand Inquisitor has breached the walls. Oh no, this was... uh... Tell her to stand down. My lord. Kenobi is already ours. (laughs) There's no way out, Master. Admit you are beaten. So we get another flashback there, but he Anakin knows he's he's got he's pushed Obi-Wan into a corner and Obi-Wan has to make a choice at this point. Um so Obi-Wan basically goes and uh confronts gets captured, goes in without his weapons, he gives them to Haja, gives him the little 
the little calm thing, the holographic thing, gives him his saber. Um, I gave him something else. He gave him like three things, and I couldn't remember what the other one was. But um, anyway, he gives them to him, basically goes and confronts Reva. Inform Lord Vader. Kenobi is ours. <laughs> He's on his way. You're gonna die soon. You're not bringing him to me. I'm bringing him to you. <laughs> I love that line. He basically is in the look on her face right here when she goes, wait, I'm not in charge anymore. And she knows it <laughs> um, is just uh, it's it's awesome to see that change in power that Obi-Wan basically is like, look, I just surrendered. I have no weapon. I'm here in front of you. Um, you're going to go tell your boss he's coming because I am choosing him to come. Not you are choosing him to come. And at that point, I think she realizes she's in over her head in the battle that's about to ensue. Um, and then we get one, one final lesson with, uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin as in between this, as Vader is returning. There. Your weapon's gone. It's over. Your need for victory, Anakin, it blinds you. He knocks the weapon out of his hands. He assumes Obi-Wan is beaten at this point because he doesn't have a weapon. And Obi-Wan knows other ways to fight outside of how to use a lightsaber and uh, basically teaches him um, a lesson in, uh, in, in what to do and, and ends up... Um, ends up beating him. Um, and this is, I think I've got the second part of that as well here. You're a great warrior, Anakin, but your need to prove yourself is your undoing. Until you overcome it, a Padawan you will still be. And while that line at the end seems kind of harsh from Obi-Wan to Anakin, there is a friendly smile between the two and they exchange a, all right, lesson learned. I get it. I understand the point. Um, and that's, uh, and that's, you know, basically what we end with on the flashbacks. So, uh, love the way they I were used. <clears throat> What's that? I love the way they were used. The flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I as I was doing this, as I was cutting the audio and, and trying to get it put together, part of me went, hey, I wonder if I took all of these flashbacks and put them together, what that would sound like. So maybe next week, uh, if I've got a little bit of time, I'll try to splice all of them together and just see what it sounds like in a full scene. Do you know what I mean? Because when you get the little snippets, yes, they stand out, but when you get the whole thing is put together, it, it's a little bit different. So, um yeah, it's this. Okay, so one of my questions, Josh, is, and this has been interesting because people have a very different opinion on this, uh, at least on social media anyway, when I read it. Vader in this is clearly in his prime. Vader in this series is clearly in his prime. This is the Vader that we get in the comic book, who is ruthless, who uh, has had limbs cut off in the comic book, and he just puts new ones on and he keeps going and he is just a, a machine right and um he's 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 at this point in his life where he's super strong and my question is are you enjoying his ability to rip doors open easily pull down transport ships 
and have a full-on lightsaber battle with somebody when he himself isn't even using a lightsaber. Um, well, so in this situation, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's overpowered because, you know, we see him, uh, when he, he's like very, he's very mad. And so, you know, that's going to like lend him to have some more strength than the dark side, but also like, you know, Reva is, was, a you know, her force training prior to becoming an inquisitor was, she was a. She, I don't even think she was an initiate yet, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so, um, it makes sense that he, you know, and he was probably feeding off her anger and fear, too. Uh, mm-hmm. No, Prime Vader should be pretty over, uh, like, should be overpowered in this way. Like, I I think that that makes, that makes sense. I mean, doesn't, mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's fine. And, and especially because he's still able to be, like, uh, outmaneuvered in other ways, you know? so right right yeah i i i don't have a problem with it. i think it's it's on point with where he is in his life and his age and his ability with the force i think it's on point with where he's supposed to be there's a i've seen a lot of people like upset that oh my gosh how come he can pull down a whole starship but he can't stop a droid from picking up obi-wan on the other side of the fire and just bring him back and i'm going Look, that wasn't the point of that. There, that's a whole other thing, um, which I'll get into in a second. But his force abilities, I think, is great. And he does learn the lesson from Obi-Wan. He does learn it, and he does apply it, and he doesn't at the same time. He learns, I don't need to use the lightsaber to fight. I can fight in another way, the same way that Obi-Wan did in that fight scene, which he stops Reva, but just by using the force. He doesn't have to have his lightsaber out. And in fact, he doesn't even use his own saber through the whole fight scene. He just basically takes her apart, uses her weapon against her, and is able to win the battle easily, right? So he does learn the lesson from Obi-Wan in that sense. But he also did not learn the lesson from Obi-Wan in the sense that he was so one-sided that he only pulls down what he can see which is that ship trying to leave and he pulls it down and he rips it apart and he uses all this force energy to try to do it. And then all of a sudden the ship behind it just goes and takes off and it's gone. And then he's like, well, crap, you know what I mean? And, and I think in that moment he was like, Oh, I got duped. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I want to go back to in the episode where he's dragging Obi-Wan in the fire. Was that the third one? I think in the third episode sounds right. He's dragging him in the fire and it's, he is clearly, clearly better than Obi-Wan, a man who hasn't used the force in 10 years at this point, um, drags him into the fire. Uh, you know, he gets a little bit of an assistance from Tala who helps him again, saves him again. And then the droid picks him up and he walks away and you see Anakin Vader there looking at him, right? Just watching him. If 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 you for people that go, well, I don't understand why didn't it just use this force, but that is not Anakin Skywalker. That is not the showboat. Anakin knows if he pulls Obi-Wan back there and just kills him, it means nothing. He just struck down an old man with no force powers. There's no sense of accomplishment or achievement in doing that. He let him go. Yeah. He let him go because he knows he's gonna find him again. And he goes, you know what? I want to beat Obi-Wan. I want to take on Obi-Wan again when he is at his best, when he has his powers, when he is at least something more of what he resembled when we first fought on Mustafar. And that's why he let him go. And it's, it's, it's just frustrating that people are like, well, I don't understand why he didn't use all his powers to just pull the robot back with him. He didn't want to. It was a choice. He didn't want to. He knows he's better than Obi-Wan at this point. And he does, there's, no, there's no satisfaction in that victory. And that's the whole lesson that we get here, right? Where he's saying, he's like, mercy doesn't get the job done. He's like, you need to be ruthless. And, and, and he's just trying to achieve one goal, which is beat Obi-Wan with the lightsaber. And he's not seeing the bigger picture. So yeah. um, I just find that funny. Like in all of the stuff that we've seen, and, and don't get me wrong, if you don't watch Clone Wars, the animated series, if you haven't watched Rebels, when Vader shows up, 
if you haven't read the comics or the novels, then you are missing that big part of Anakin and Vader and you don't understand, you don't fully understand his character. Um, so I just, I just found that funny that people were so upset that he's pulling down the transport ship, but he couldn't pull the droid back with Obi-Wan and, or just yank Obi-Wan over to him. And I'm like, that's, that's not how the force works. I should have put that Han Solo clip in here. That's not how the force works. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, people getting their stupid complaints. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so we get to the end, and um, Reva loses her her lightsaber battle here with uh, with Anakin because um, it's after Obi Wan escapes, right? So we get this epic lightsaber battle with Reva and and uh, and Darth Vader, and this is what we get at the end of this. Did you really believe I did not see it, youngling? You are of no further use. The Grand Inquisitor walking up behind him. Hello, third sister. Revenge does wonders for the will to live, don't you think? Your rage was useful. Now it is tiresome. We will leave you where we found you, in the gutter where you belong. Goodbye, Grand Inquisitor. That's rough. You just got stabbed by Darth Vader. You're fired um, and left for dead on the in a Jabim in a hangar in Jabim. Uh, were you surprised to see the Grand Inquisitor back, Josh? No, <laughs> I know nobody was. Um, that, his line though, revenge. What was it? Revenge. Does wonders for the will Just to for the live. will to live? Yes, it's. I mean, that's essentially what the Sith do, right? When they they get that point that they're so angry and consumed by anger and hate and revenge, they can extend life. I guess. I mean, we Darth Maul got half his body cut off and found the will to live to try to track down Kenobi. Wasn't there a wasn't there a, a a Sith Lord who like was basically dead but kept kept his body alive through sheer yeah Darth Sion from mm-hmm. uh, was he from the second Kotor I mm-hmm. think um he was just a corpse and it's yeah he said he's he uh, rather than die though Sion found that by calling on his pain, anger, and hatred, he could rise from certain death and achieve immortality at, at the cost of an all-consuming agony, with a body fractured and decomposing, but held together by the dark side of the Force. Mm. I, it's crazy. Like, and, and where Anakin and where Anakin and um, Palpatine, right, are discussing finding immortality and talking about Plagueis and and it had been there all along and you can do it. The problem is, is it's more intrinsic. It's for yourself. It's not for others. And I think that's where, um, you know, obviously Palpatine was kind of alluding that maybe we could figure out how to get this power to work to save Padme. And that's how he duped him. I think Pat Palpatine knowing full well it's not going to work. You can only use it intrinsically, yeah. not for others. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm not, uh, I wasn't surprised to see the Grand Inquisitor. We know he's obviously in Rebels. Um, do you think, um, how do you feel about um, the performance of the Grand Inquisitor in this series with Rupert Friend? I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think he did a great I job. I like his line delivery. Yeah, I I know it's different than um, was it J- is it Jason Isaacs in yeah. uh, in Rebels? It is different, but I I like both. 
Um, I like Jason Isaac's voice. I think Rupert Friend's delivery is very intriguing uh, because he just he came off super casual as he's walking out there. And he's like, hello, how are you? <laughs> like, he's not surprised to be there. He's uh, he's like, and there, there's the difference, right? Is Reva was not serving Vader, whereas the Grand Inquisitor is serving Vader. Yeah. Um, and uh, he is he is willing to do anything for his his master at this point. So, um, what do we think uh, Reva's next move is here? Where do we think she's? I mean, this is my my beef with Star Wars. Always double tap. We never double tap in Star Wars, apparently. So everybody just keeps living. Um, what's Reva's next move? Um, now that she knows. Uh, she saw the transmission from Bale. Well, I well her. I think her immediate move is into a back to tank. Obviously, uh, but uh, <laughs> makes sense. I you know I think she's gonna go to the very rarely obscure, very rarely rarely visited obscure Star Wars planet of Tatooine. Hmm. Um. It'd be, honestly, it's going to be kind of fun to see it because it's been a really long time since we've seen Tatooine in a <laughs> Star Wars property. Yeah, I know, right? Like we we hardly ever go there. I'm interested ever. what her what her well, like what's her mo? Because like she's f- complete. She the ruse is up with Vader. Yep. So what are you? Yeah. What are you gonna? What are you? What? What? What purpose? Does you know going after Luke or whatever she might do? What what will that serve? What what's her end goal? Yep, and she's she's back to being alone again, right? Yeah. Because you know she was with the Jedi, and that was the family that she knew because she was probably taken when she was very young. Um, they're all gone, so she was with the Empire for, I would guess, a considerable amount of time. Um, yeah. you know she's it's probably what ten. 15 years since she was a youngling, at least 10 years. So where do you go from here? Do you join up with Obi-Wan at this point, which is going to be, I would think really hard to do considering I can't imagine he trusts her all that much, but he's probably going to have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, I think that's a very intriguing point going into the last episode of this, of this series. Where does Reva go? What does she do? Um, you know, does she maybe sacrifice herself at some point trying to save? Because I, I can't. Why? What would be her purpose to go after Luke? That's what I'm saying. I, I don't. There's no. There's no play there. Like, what? You're just going to go after Luke? Like, unless like giving up Luke to the Vader is going to get you back in his good graces? No, he still knows that you tried to kill him, and you know, the Grand Inquisitor isn't back. So what's the point of that? I guess that, that's the hard part. So I think that's a big, big question mark that I'm I'm very interested in seeing here. Um, and what's what do you think Kenobi's next move is? Um, I mean, obviously, he saw the message from Bale. Um, he knows that if he doesn't reach out to Bale, Bale is headed to Tatooine. Um, and with the Empire clearly on their tails as they left, um, are they going straight to Tatooine? Do you think they go back to Alderaan, drop Leia off? Do we think they're going to another point in between, like somewhere else completely? Or where do you think we're going? Or where do you think Obi-Wan's going? Yeah, I mean, there's got to be, they've got to lose their tail before they head to either one of those places, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know how they do that. I don't know because they said their hyperdrive is out, so there's no light speed. Um, so they're kind of stuck, right? And the Empire is going to catch up pretty quick if they don't do something to throw them off. So I don't know. I don't. I don't see him going. I mean, unless he figures Bale's going to Tatooine anyway, and he's just going to meet up with him there and give him Leia. Yeah. While they're there, and then um, it'd be interesting. Like, how close do Leia and Luke actually get? Or they they meet and you know have I mean? no like, idea. And not know, and they just pass on a street in, in Mos Eisley at some point, and just, they don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's trippy. So, I don't know. It's, 
the end of this series is we we flushed out like we 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 flushed out the big thing right Reva's backstory what's going on with her invader all of that came out episode five we know that I, I would if that was like the last episode I would have been like okay we know where the end is like that's the end boom done this is in the fifth episode we got another 30 45 minutes of this in Wednesday's episode right so I don't know do we still think this last episode is going to be super long I don't know like super long like 50 55 minutes I could see that super long like an hour and a half I don't think that's going to happen no I think that was wishful thinking yeah on everyone else's part mm-hmm um I did did you catch the I don't know if you caught it in um was it the third ep- uh, second episode when we first meet Haja and he's trying to smuggle out the individuals did you catch the Corin reference did you catch the kid the little boy and the mother that were trying to sneak out did you catch that no so in and we see him again in this episode and the reason i bring this up is because they were back in this episode and we didn't talk about it in in the show when we when that episode aired um the little boy that Haja smuggled out, his name was Corin. It's credited as Corin. Oh, Korin. I thought you the said the mother's name. I thought you the said Corin, like the species. No, <laughs> not, yeah, no, Corin, not Corin like, Bowman, Korin number five's brother. Yeah, no, Corin. Uh, it, it was credited as Corin, um, and the mother's name is the same mother's name as Corin Horn, which is Nish or Nish. Uh, it's N Y C H E. I can't. I, I, how we pronounce it is. Um, but anyway, and they were going back to Corellia. They were trying to get off of that planet to go to Corellia, and Corrin was born in Corellia. So um, it was just a very, and he's force sensitive. That's why she's trying to get him off the planet. Um, it was very interesting that this character popped up. Um, and if you do, you know, if you're not paying attention, you don't look at the credits at the end. You may not have even noticed it. Um, but we see him again in this episode. You know, when they're they're alive, they're okay. Um, and they're trying to get off Jabim as well. And I just thought that was interesting that they opened that door um, because that, that's about the time frame, like 10 years from now, right? I think that's about right. Um, uh, it was after the Battle of Yavin, right? I think yeah. it was, what, six after the, like, six uh, ABY. I think is about when Corrin starts to, it's a part of a, he's part of a new Jedi order um, and part of a resistance. So it's interesting that they brought this character in, even though it's a kid and a mother and you think nothing of it, but they could easily go, well, we introduced him in Kenobi. I can bring him back as somebody else 10 years later and do it in another show and have that character move on. So I just thought that was pretty cool. I, I, we didn't get to discuss it in the third after that third episode, but I wanted to bring it up here because I know I saw him again uh, in this episode. So, and no, I love seeing Haja. I did. I, I did see that. Uh, I did see that online. And that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Always go through the credits. People always look at who's playing who. Cause uh, it's very interesting um, who you see in there. So anyway, anything else that you uh, want to add on uh, episode five here of Kenobi before we wrap this up. Uh, no, just that I'm, I'm going to watch this episode and then I'm going to go the next one. And then I'm going to immediately go on tour and be around a bunch of people that haven't watched it and don't care enough. And I'm, I don't know who I'm going to talk to. It's going to be torturous. (laughs) Josh, you got my number. Call me 24-7. 24-7, okay. <laughs> Call me 24-7, like 3 in the morning. Justin, I just I had this Star Wars stream I have to tell you about. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, I, might man, have to, I might have to FaceTime you guys <laughs> Wednesday, uh, maybe like after the gig or something. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for it. I cannot wait to see the conclusion of this. Um, oh, I know. You know what? We are we're playing Akron. It's in Ohio. You come on up to come to the gig. I'll guest list you, and then we can talk about Star Wars after. There you go. After the set. there you go. Yep, I'll watch it. I'll watch it in the morning, 
and then uh, head up that way. So Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. But uh, exciting show. Loved it so far. I think the writing's been great. The music has been on point. I was almost in tears in the Tala scene because of the, not, not just because it was upset. It, like the music that was paired with it. Absolutely perfect. Um, and just a gut wrenching scene. So, um, anyway, let's wrap this up and uh, call it an evening. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. We hope you guys have enjoyed uh, the the Brothers of the Wills recap of Star Wars Kenobi Episode 5. Um, sorry, I don't know why. i got to find something better than that when it's just the two of us because you got to come in with something strong, Josh. We're going to, yeah, not, I'll think about it. That's not good. we get, we got to get something better than that. So um, anyway, we hope you guys have enjoyed it. Um, anyway, find us anywhere on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Outer and Beacon. You can email us, OuterandBeacon at gmail.com. My name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at IamTheBendu. Josh, where are they going to find you at? Uh, I'm Josh, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanab. I got it. The Beacon, bro- the Beacon Bros. There you go. I like that better. I'm in. I'm in. Oh, we gotta get a shirt now. Oh, we totally gotta get a shirt. We need a design. Okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, hope everybody has a great week. Uh, tune in Wednesday for the finale of Kenobi series. Get out, do something Star Warsy, and as always, may the Force be with you. Corn horn, baby. Kenobi. love it love it all right guys take care